Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. Hey, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40, that's where we're going to be. You can use your smartphone, whatever has a Bible on it. That works too. Um, Isaiah 40, but before we get into that, let me start with something I stumbled across a couple of weeks ago. There's a man from Poland. His name is Stanislaw Kowalski. I like names like that. They're fun. Stanislaw Kowalski, and what's interesting about him is he's a runner. I used to be a runner, so I kind of connect to that, but he's a runner who's not just like a runner. He's competing. He's a guy running in track and field competitions year in and year out. And he's setting records. Like he's out there sprinting, setting records, going the distance. He's doing the thing. He's pretty impressive. But here's what's unique about Stanislaw Kowalski. Here's a picture of him. He was born in 1910, which if you want to do the math, that's 110 years old. Setting records, running sprints. Going on 111 years old this year. They had to create a new age category for him. (laughs) The over 105s. There's uh, two people in that category. (laughs) That's That's unbelievable, right? There's endurance. There's something about his body that just is enduring. It's, It's not quitting. It just keeps going. He actually, when asked about his longevity, he said this. It's because I never go to the physician and do whatever I want. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure that's what it is. But there's still some quality about him that is enduring. Enduring. And, and I, I bring up his story to introduce the idea of endurance. I have a definition of the word. Endurance is the ability to withstand hardship, to continue, or to last, especially despite fatigue, stress, or other adverse conditions. Let me give you another example of endurance. There's an older movie, I bet bet a a bunch of you have heard of it before, Forrest Gump. It's a classic. Um, If you haven't seen it, you probably should. It's a good movie. Um, There's a part of this movie where Forrest, he's sitting on his porch, and then he just stands up, and he starts running. And he goes on this absurd, long-distance run across America. It'd be crazy if it was real. Well, there's this guy back in 2017. His name is Rob Pope. They call him the real-life Forrest Gump. I have a picture of him. The real-life Forrest Gump. Back in 2017, he ran 15,700 miles over five trips across America. That's a lot of running. That's like, that's an endurance run right there. I'm at home trying to like keep from huffing and puffing when I climb the stairs each day. Like, he's got endurance. It's pretty amazing. Now, here's the thing. Chances are we're probably not going to be doing the Rob Pope run or the 110-year-old sprinter thing. But wouldn't it be great? Like, wouldn't it be amazing if we had some of that endurance, that staying power in our life? in our marriages, in our work, in our spiritual life. 
Like, that would be really, really great. And the, and the cool thing is the Bible offers us just that. We can have that. God highlights this in Scripture. It's a highlightable quality in Scripture. God values endurance. Here are a couple of examples of endurance that I saw in, in Scripture. The first one is Enoch. There's uh, Genesis 5, verse 22 says, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years. Sometimes it's hard to walk faithfully with God for 300 days. He did it for 300 years. Another one, Jacob. In Genesis chapter 32, it says, So Jacob was left alone, and a man, who was God, wrestled with him till daybreak. Jacob wrestled with God all night. That's like a really, really long wrestling match. That takes endurance. Another one, the Apostle Paul. From the time that he met Jesus and was converted to Christianity till his death, the Apostle Paul endured 30 plus years of hard, faithful ministry to the Lord. That's endurance. And all throughout Scripture, we see these examples of people who, who outlasted, even when it seems like there's no reason they should have been able to do that, but they were able to endure the hard stuff coming up against them. How, how did they do those things? How did they do that? And maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, how can I last like 10, 15, 20 more years in my faith journey when I can't get past 10 a.m. without blowing up on my coworker? How, how, can I, how can I manage to keep my marriage together when it feels like I'm the only one trying? How can I keep my head up when my world is crashing down? How do I do that, God? How do I do that? We've been in a series called Hope, and an enduring hope is a hope that I want to lean into. And the good news is we can do exactly, exactly that. God has a lasting hope that he's offering us. So grab your Bible. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. And to give you a little context of verses 28 through 31, here we have Isaiah. He's a prophet of God, a messenger of God. And he's referencing the nation of Israel during a really rough season. They are uh, in Babylonian captivity. It's a, a season, a, a, a time in Israel's history when they were in exile, and slavery. It's arguably a pretty hopeless period in Israel's history. And God sends Isaiah to them to, to share a message from the Lord saying, you have a hope. You can last. You can endure this. Here's what he says. Isaiah 20, 40, verse 28. Do you not know have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. This is endurance. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The talk today, it's titled Lasting Hope. And there, there are a bunch of ideas in this text that, that could teach us, but there's two specifically that I observed that, that I think helped the nation of Israel to endure and last through those hard, 
overwhelming years in captivity. And I think it can do the same thing for us today as we face times of trial, as we face things that are overwhelming and hard. Now my guess is we all have an area of our lives that we could benefit from an, a bit of endurance. And, and so I, I want to invite you to think about one, like get one in your head. What's one place in your life where you could benefit or just you need some more endurance to keep going? Think about that. I'll give you a couple of ideas because I, I think that most of the things, the best things in life require a good bit of endurance. Think about this. Relationally, whether it's dating or your friendships or coworkers, whatever the relationship is, a lasting relationship is going to have to endure some of the rough patches along the way. Financially, a good financial picture takes longer than a month. Physically good, physical health is going to take pushing through some laziness and indulgence. And spiritually, we have to endure, endure some doubts and temptations that could come up along the way. So really, what's that one area personally for you that you could benefit from having more endurance? Do you have one? I think that these next two principles can help us get there. So uh, let me pray and then I'll share what I noticed. So Lord, we thank you that you have, uh, you have insight for us in this. You have understanding. You, you know what you're talking about. And so God, we ask that you'd open our eyes and our ears and our hearts and minds, every bit of us, to what you want to say. Help us to set aside our uh, things that we understand and, and think we know. We want to make room for what you're telling us. So Lord, teach us. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, first thought. You ready? You can write this down. We can endure if we remember God doesn't have a breaking point. God doesn't have a breaking point. As he's describing God, Isaiah, in verse 28, he says this. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. He doesn't get tired or weary which is kind of hard to imagine because personally I very much can understand how tired and weary feels. I've been there. It's like the complete opposite of us. God doesn't get tired or weary. In fact, Isaiah addresses this in verse 30. He says, even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. Even the young people, I'm looking at you young people, even the young people, the people in the prime of their life hit a breaking point. But God doesn't. He never has. He's never been tired or weary. Isaiah here, he's giving us this picture of, of enduring physical strength. But it goes so much deeper than that. This is a message of emotional fortitude. It's a message of enduring hope for a hopeless people. Think about it this way. I, I want to give you a a, a mental picture of what shoveling snow looks like in the Kurtz household. So I, I live in a house on a street, no driveway, no garage, so my shoveling looks like the sidewalk and the street where the cars are parked. And I like to clear it all out of the way when this Indiana snow comes and it's heavy and it's wet and it's like, oh, this is going to be a workout. I like to clear it all out of the way 
So I have this like satisfaction of a job well done. So I'm out there. Oh, I got to get it all. And it's, I'm working. Like this is effort. This is my workout for the week. And I'm halfway through. I'm, I'm sweating. I'm hot. I'm tired. I finish the job. And it's like, oh, good. Done with that. And then the plow comes. And you can picture it, right? You can see the plow pushing all that junk snow. This is the heavy snow. It's the gray sludge, ice blocks kind of snow. Right back onto the sidewalk. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, let's do this again. Two scoops and I'm, okay, got to take a break. Stripping off layers, I'm dripping sweat. I'm like looking at the rest of the sidewalk thinking, I don't know if I can do this. I'm about done. I'm spent, worn down. I'm hitting my breaking point. And then I look over in my neighbor's house. They come around the corner with their snowblower. <laughs> and they're like just doing their thing. And it's easy. It's a piece of cake. They're not tired. They're taking on those, that hard, heavy Ice blocks, they're taking it on like it's nothing. Piece of cake. They've got strength. And I realized something in this. Well, actually, what's great is the neighbor, they look at me and say, hey, can I get that for you? I'm like, yes, thank you. I realized something, though. I realized that that's what God's like. God's like my neighbor with the snowblower. I'm out here just working hard. I'm shoveling. I'm digging. I'm... I'm working out. It's hard. Labor. And my neighbor, it's just, it's a piece of cake. God's like that. He's looking at the heavy stuff of our lives and he's saying, I got strength for that. He's, he's, he's looking at the things where I'm working hard and I'm worn out and he's saying, I'm not tired or weary. I've got strength in that. He doesn't grow tired or weary, which is amazing. It's amazing because he's got all this unlimited strength, unlimited power, and he's not keeping it for himself. He's not saying, this is mine. This is my power, my strength. Look at Isaiah. I think it's verse 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. He's got all this strength and power, and he's saying, I've got this for you. This is for you. Here's the thing. That endurance, yes, it's available to us. We've got to go get it. We have access to that strength and to that power. But we have to receive it from him. Think back to that one area that you were thinking about earlier. The one area of your life where you could benefit from some endurance We have an option of, we could, if we wanted to, in this area of our lives, we could struggle for the next year, have some ups and some downs, and and hit our breaking point, get worn down in the process, and then look to God and say, okay, God, I need you in this. I need your help. I need your strength at this point. We could do that. It's an option. Or, Or we could take advantage of our access to that strength and power and start with God. 
You can write this down. When we start with God, we partner our limited ability with his unlimited power. This is a crucial piece of the Christian life. Crucial. You want to endure those hard times? Start with God's strength. You consistently dread getting up in the morning? Start with God's hope. Your kids have been struggling with school this year? Start with God's wisdom. The alternative is we do life in our own strength, in, in our own power, and we end up hitting our breaking point, and we burn, burn out, and we just end up with heavy, weary souls. Can we just decide, let's not do that? Can we decide today, I'm not going to do that this time around? I don't want that. I don't want that for myself. I don't want that for you. Instead, can I give you three practical thoughts, tips on accessing God so that we can start with him? We've got three tips. But first, I want to give you a, it's a little side note with this. These, these three tips, they're, I'm almost confident you've heard them before. And, and it'd be easy for us to just brush past them and say, yeah, that'll happen. If, it just, it'll happen in my life because I know it. But if we're not intentional and persistent in it, they may never happen. So here's three tips for accessing God. First one is invite God early. Invite God early. When you wake up in the morning, say, good morning, God. Can you help me see you today? When you drive to work or when you go to school, on your way, pray, Lord, lead me. Guide my conversations today. When you start a meeting or when you start a project, say, Holy Spirit, join us here and fill us with your wisdom. At every beginning, invite the Lord into that thing that you're doing. Second thing, make more time. Make more time. You can't access God if you aren't spending time with him. I think one of the reasons that the Israelites were in captivity and had found themselves in this hopeless situation was because they had gotten caught up in what the world was doing. They had lost touch with who God was and what he was doing, what he was saying. They had gotten caught up in that. And, and the potential for us to do this is high, like high, high. Think about your schedule. How many hours of your day are scheduled out? Okay, at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock, I'm up. 7 o'clock, I'm going to the gym. 8 o'clock, I'm at work. Then I've got all day at work, home, got to make dinner. Then my show's on, and then it's bedtime. We live in a go, go, go culture, and the, the risk is busyness and distraction. Consider spending time with God, making time for God, and investment in your day and in your life, and in the lives of people around you. More and better happens when we give God time. Third thing, let him speak. Let him speak. I've had, I've had more life change and encouragement come from a single word, one word from the Lord, than from listening to a hundred Christian podcasts. Let him speak. When he speaks, he takes our weakness and he can turn it on its head. 
If you want an example of this, um, go to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. Read the story of Gideon. Gideon takes, or the Lord takes a perceived weakness in Gideon's eyes, turns it on its head by speaking truth into Gideon's life. So to wrap up this point, take a look at Psalm 48, verses 5 and 7. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. They go from strength to strength. God doesn't have a breaking point. So starting with him, starting with God's strength means starting with unlimited strength. Second thing, you can write this down. Second thing to remember, we can endure if we remember God is totally informed. God is totally informed. Let me illustrate what I mean by this point. I have a friend from our young adult group. We meet on Tuesday nights here at the church. Um, But his name is Blake Kirkham. You may have seen him around the church. Um, Often he's on the other side of a camera. Uh, But Blake Kirkham, he knows everything. At least everything about sports. I've literally sat with him and listened to him rattle off 30 years of NBA championship teams. He's not even 30. 30 years of championship teams and who they were playing and the MVP of that season. He probably could have gone on. It seems like he knows everything about sports. And if I have a question about sports, I'm going to Blake. I'm going to him because I know I'm going to get a good answer from him. So consider this thought. How valuable is it to know someone who knows everything about something? How about everything about everything? Back in the text, verse 28, Isaiah, he takes a moment to give the Israelites a necessary reminder of who God is. He says, he will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Just a few verses earlier in the, in the chapter, verse 14, he says this. Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? No one. And who taught him the right way? Nobody did. It feels an awful lot like Isaiah is looking at the Israelites and he's saying, hey, you guys, guys, God's understanding is beyond anything you can comprehend. He knows more than you do. God put all of this together, everything. He's done it all without input from anybody else. He didn't need the advice of anybody else. He's already proven his knowledge to the world over and over and over again. And his understanding extends into all areas of our lives. There's a couple of examples that I came up with. His understanding extends into time. There's an example of of his understanding of this with Abraham. God told Abraham that his descendants would go into the promised land. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 7. The Lord appeared to Abram, or Abraham, and said, To your offspring I will give this land. And nearly 700 years, that's a long time, 700 years pass between God giving him this promise and Abraham's descendants crossing into the promised land. God knew way in advance. 
Another one, God's understanding extends into human character. Human character. There's an account in 1 Samuel chapter 16 where the prophet Samuel was told by God to anoint an unlikely person. Here's what he said. People, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God even knows the invisible qualities, the inner character of a person. God knows about it. Another one. We have thoughts, motives, emotions. Thoughts, motives, emotions. That's a three for one on that one. Jesus, in Mark chapter 14, verse 31, it says that, uh, well, Jesus was talking to Peter, and he, he was telling Peter, you know, you're going to deny me like three times before I die. And Peter's like, no way. He says, it says, Peter insisted emphatically, emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And he goes on to disown Jesus three times. Jesus knew that ahead of time. Jesus knew Peter better than Peter knew Peter. God knew. God's understanding, it's not limited by anything. It is complete and perfect, all-encompassing. It doesn't increase or decrease. It just is full. Now, can I bring this into the room? God has all this understanding and he cares about you. He knows, yes, absolutely. He knows how to put the stars in the sky and create the plants and, and bring trees to life. And, and he knows the hairs on your head. He understands how to do all that. And he knows you. He knows you personally. He knows what's going on in your life. He understands. He gets it. Your personal situation. Like I even want to, God was really pressing this when I was pr putting this message together, he was just really pressing the idea that you need to know, we need to know God knows what I'm going through personally. He understands. You can write this down. God's infinite knowledge is available for our personal situation. I think this is often where a lot of people have a disconnect because I think that many people who believe in God understand, believe in the all-powerful, all-knowing nature of God for the world. Like, yes, God's going to take care of that situation, those people, but at the same time may not realize or understand, acknowledge that God is able to meet my personal needs, my personal situation. I think we regularly overlook just how personal God is. So because he's both aware and he understands, he can offer you exactly what you need to endure. Exactly. I want to break this down with an example from my own life. Here's my journal. I'm going to get a little vulnerable with you because this is my journal. And uh, a couple years ago, three years ago or so, um, I was going through a rough patch, hard season of work, just pushing and pushing and pushing. And like I was hitting my breaking point with work, relationally, just there's stuff going on. So through pouring out my heart to the Lord, probably some tears, I ended up writing this down. You, God of hope, are the source of all good things. Thank you for your redemptive process. I recognize that I don't understand every step you're taking me through. So help me to see things your way. And after I said all that stuff, poured out my heart, I paused and I listened. I let him speak. And I wrote down what he said. Here's what he told me. Andrew, you can slow down now. Yes, 
You have a lot on your plate. Yes, the work needs to get done. Do you, do you hear the understanding in this? He gets my concerns. Yes, people are counting on you, but none of that matters as much as your heart. None of it matters compared to your relationship with me. If you answered honestly, what are you worshiping right now? Work or me? Make it me. And then your work will work out. I am your strength. I love how hard you work to serve me, but don't let it distract you. And can I tell you that was exactly, exactly what I needed to hear. In that moment of, of desperation, of, of hitting my breaking point, God came in and he acknowledged, he understood what I was going through. He got it. And he offered me a higher perspective, a different perspective. It helped me endure. Something really big happens, profound happens, when we exchange our understanding, my understanding of a situation, for God's understanding of a situation. My understanding doesn't go very far. It doesn't take me very far. But God's understanding goes the distance. It endures. So, so when I have fear, my fear, when I exchange it for God's understanding, my fear is exchanged for courage. My hopelessness is replaced with hope. The lies I'm believing are turned into truth when I listen to God's understanding. So I want to, I want to wrap this up with one last assignment for you. One last assignment. It's going to come up on the screen. Sometime this week, think about that one thing in your life that you could benefit from some endurance and I want you to ask God what he thinks about that situation in your life. One word from the Lord can change everything. One word can give you the ability to endure another round. And your situation may not change, but your heart will. Your heart will. So to wrap things up, we can endure if we remember God doesn't have a breaking point and God is totally informed. Why don't you go ahead and stand? Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.